No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. It is the Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie fucking podcast. Let's do this already. Come on now. Come on now. Been waiting too long to get this off my chest. We've got to roll. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, fucking patreon.com. You know where to go. I say it every show. You know where to go. If you want to tip the show, you know where to go. I say it every time. If you missed it the last time I said it, go back and listen. And then you'll be like, ah! And then we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us. So much to get through and so little time. As always, tonight's recommended drink, cheap box wine, tonight's recommended snack, bland brand, no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast, incidentally, here at 7 p.m. The super secret special fun time of 7 p.m., which is totally different and totally the same at the same time. That's how we roll here at Daily Boogie Enterprises, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. We do have a lot of get, uh, stuff to get through tonight. Um, there will be a little bit of multiple choice later on in the show, of course. But remembering that here we are, te- you know, we are valued members of Team YouTube now. Uh, Susan did get in touch with me on my day off, like she normally does, or I like to call her Suze. I call her Suze. That's how well we know each other. And uh, she called me up last night. She said, Boogs, we're really happy with what you've been bringing to the table, what you've been bringing to the party. And I said, no worries, Suze, babe, you know I love you. And she's like, yep. Okay, then. So you've been doing some good stuff, talking, you know, getting people safe, talking about protection, uh, you know, getting the good word about the vaccines out there, which, you know, we're very proud to do here on this show because we trust the science, you see. Trusting scientists, trusting experts. We're just full of trust and love and inclusivity, I think, more than anything else. Really is just a nice, big, open circle jerk. Anybody can just come in and start talking about how much they love the vaccines and you'll be, you know, to the head of the class. Very simple strategy. So we do have a little bit of that to get to later on tonight. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Before we do, though, how about some practical advice? Who here is a fan of practical advice? I know I am. And in these dangerous, dark times where nobody can be certain of what's safe and unsafe, we need to look to the experts to set us on the right path. So I'm pleased, ladies and gentlemen, to bring you once again one of our favourite publications here on the show, Slate, ladies and gentlemen. With some practical advice for you lovers out there, The headline, my husband won't take his mask off even for sex. (laughs) Oh my God, what are we going to do about this, honey? I mean, there's kink and then there's kink. I heard a great line when I was a kid. I can't remember who said it, though. It was something like, what was it? (sighs) Being kinky is using a feather, but bondage is using the whole chicken. Something like that. Kinky is using a feather, and BDSM is using the whole chook, you know? So, maybe maybe mask sex was a thing 
six months ago, nine months ago. I'm not going to kink shame anybody. If that's what you're into, fucking go for it, man. A little bit of mask love. But then it starts to get problematic. Remember, we've spoken on this show before about, you know, the fact that you can't, like, batter people for 12 months. Hey, everybody's going to die. You're going to kill grandma. You need to do that. You need to be careful. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Oh, my God. We can't stop it. Oh, my God. You can't do that for, like, a year and then just switch the light off and have everybody go back to normal. Because, you know, like the CDC brought out new recommendations a couple of weeks ago. Hey, good news, everybody. If you've had your vaccination, you don't have to wear a mask outside anymore. And a whole bunch of people were like, oh, yeah, that's great. That's great news. I've been waiting for this. Some people decided to do, like, Aladdin-style songs on TikTok. Oh, my God, it's a beautiful day. I can take my mask off again. Feel every warm sunshine ray. I love Fauci. Right? Anybody can do that shit. Anybody. But then, again, there were a whole bunch of people who are like, no, fuck, I'm not trusting the science anymore. I'm never taking my mask off. Remember we read the story about the guy who he's planning to, for the next five years, go to the supermarket basically in, like, snorkeling gear. He wears diving goggles, two masks, big fucking industrial rubber gloves, and he said he's not leaving the house without them for the next five years. So there are people now who are, like, permanently scarred by what they've been subjected to over the last 12 months. And, you know, part of what we do here on this show is about helping people, of course. That's the only reason we're reading this, is to help people. want everybody who tunes in to feel like they're part of a big community, a positive community here on Team YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. My husband won't take his mask off even for sex. We're both vaccinated now, the the writer asks, quote, when will this stop? (laughs) Well, I guess it'll stop when everybody's been vaccinated. I've been married to a great guy for five and a half years. If you're not familiar, this is a part of Slate where people like write in with their you know, help me, I'm having trouble in my relationship. What do I do about this? Oh my God, my kid is a fucking asshole. You know, th- these kinds of things. They write in and get some, you know, get some advice, which is good. People are trying to improve themselves. I'm, v- I'm very much for that. I've been married to a great guy for five and a half years. He is handsome, sexy, funny, and kind. It's true that he has always been a little, quote, prissy about illness. Mm. Using the word prissy. Look, I know that this is your problem and your tragedy and you're trying to find a way to deal with it, but let's not, you know, start throwing homophobic slurs around, please. Please, if we could refrain from that. What are you, some kind of maggotard? Don't use the word prissy. It's not really nice, is it? It's true that he has always been a little prissy about illness, but I never thought it was a real problem. However... During the pandemic, his terror, terror, nice word, about getting sick has reached new levels. For the last year, he has refused to take off his mask, even when we are at home, just the two of us. (laughs) For a year. Imagine living with someone. So you've been married, at this point, you've been married for four and a half years. Okay. You, You should know this person pretty well. 
after living with them for about four and a half years. That's usually long enough to go, okay, we know each other. We know what's going on here. <laughs> so imagine then for another year, the person, like at home, just the two of you, imagine like morning breakfast, you know, in the kitchen, sunlight streaming in, fresh coffee on the pot, mm, that smell, bit of toast, right? Maybe like a bit of toast, maybe a little bit of fried egg and bacon on your toast, huh? So these nice smells and positive atmosphere is filling the house on a nice sunny spring morning and out comes Loverboy with the fucking face mask on. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, I just think you can't be too careful, you know. You were tonguing my asshole last night. Yeah, well, you know, coronavirus, I mean. I don't think the coronavirus can live in the asshole section or indeed anywhere that is uh, lateral to the taint. I think I heard Dr. Fauci. I've never heard Dr. Fauci use the word taint before. I think he has. I think he did it last week. He said, yeah, it's okay to lick uh, asshole, but when you come out for breakfast in the morning, got to make sure you have your mask on. I don't think I've ever heard him say asshole before. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. For the last year, he has refused to take off his mask, even when we're at home, just the two of us. This is true now, even that he is fully vaccinated for the virus. Listen to this. He... <laughs> that one got me by surprise. Winning TV with the diamond, dlive.tv slash winning TV. Thank you, sir. Next up, face masks with built-in ball gags. That's not actually a bad idea. Honestly, honestly, I'm, I would be surprised... Phil, I would be surprised if it wasn't already a thing. <laughs> Gypsy of Diamonds with the diamond. Vantage of Steel is a diamond, Gypsy. Good evening. Well, good evening to you too, Gypsy. So have a listen to this, right? Hubby dearest. We love our hubby. He's a great guy. He's handsome. He's sexy. He's funny. He's kind. He's generous. He's fucking God's gift to women, his husband. But husband, hubby boy, lover's nuts. Uh, he's he's getting a little bit apprehensive about the virus. He's refused to take his mask off, even when he's just at home alone with his wife for the previous year. And she's writing in, you know, to ask advice. How do we deal with this moving forward? So listen to this. This is true now, even though he is fully vaccinated for the virus. He wears it to sleep, <laughs> to do most of his bathroom activities, and yes, even during lovemaking. So he sleeps in the mask, he shits in the mask, he fucks in the mask. <laughs> you know, I don't understand why people are maybe necessarily not following the science anymore. Because haven't, you know, you've been battered for years. Trust the science, gotta trust the science. Hey, listen to the experts. But like I've said before, people are psychologically damaged now. Some people are, definitely are. And you know, the very same ex experts and doctors and medical professionals who told them to put the mask on last year, which they are now following through on, you know, the same people have told them, it's okay, you can take it off now when you're walking around outside at least, and they, they refuse. Now they know better than the expert. These are the same people who last year would have been calling you a science denier. The same people. The same people who would have been calling you a conspiracy theorist. They're now openly like, oh no, fuck the science. I'll do what I want. 
Oh, just like everybody else was last year when you said that they're um, being, you know, problematic and full of science denial and all of that stuff? Was that? Oh, no, this is different. I'm denying science, like, but in the pro-science way. Ah. Oh. Right. Follow the science. Trust the experts, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to this. While he does not insist I do the same, I can tell it bothers him that I don't especially because I have now started going maskless outside as per CDC guidelines, ladies and gentlemen. This is the woman writing it. And plan on restaurant dining inside soon for a girl's night out. So she's getting on with her life, bro. This is the thing. How long do you think this lovely fucking minx in her sexual prime is going to want to hang around the house with some guy walking around with gloves on and a fucking face mask, you know what I mean? Do you know how stupid it is to see somebody, especially a dude, get up in the middle of the night butt-ass naked to, like, go to the toilet and take a piss whilst wearing a face mask? Do you realise how creepy that is? Bro. So she's planning girls' nights out, she's walking around maskless, she's smiling at people again, and you're inside the house with a... You know, a hairnet on and big rubber gloves, holding a toilet brush with a face mask on, going, oh, I don't know if I can eat your pussy or not. It might be unsafe. She's not, she's not going to stick around for that. Oh, my God. Don't don't put your mouth on my penis. You might give me the COVID. Oh. She's going to be like, oh, dude. How long are you going to let this future problematic situation bubble along, bro? I feel like I'm obliged to tell you bro. It's part of the code. Maybe you should be writing in. Listen to this. When I've tried to present him with the science, he says, quote, scientists don't fully understand the virus yet. <laughs> there the reason I like that is because that's exactly the same thing that people have been saying now for six months or maybe even more. And such people have been called conspiracy theorists for saying so, you know. So it's very cute now that the people who have been the most... Hmm, how can I put this? <laughs> how can I put this in a way that's becoming of Team YouTube? The, the people who have most passionately urged for various style COVID safety plans and protocols like lockdowns and whatnot. Uh, the people who have been in that kind of camp who are telling you, trust us, you got to listen to the experts now. <laughs> now he's like, well, they don't really know enough about this vaccine yet, even though he's taken it. It's just beautiful. It's like the two sides coming together and meeting in the middle and they don't even realise that they agree with each other. I disagree that there's no harm. But I want to see my beautiful husband's face again. I want to kiss him on the lips romantically. See, I told you. I told you. Bro, she's getting that, you know, that female thing happening. <laughs> like we used to, and not through a piece of fabric. He does not change. Listen to this. Listen to this. This is perfect. This is fucking perfect. <laughs> Wait until you hear this. You knew this was going to happen. You knew it. I disagree that there's no harm. I want to see my beautiful, uh, my beautiful husband's face again. I want to kiss him on the lips romantically like we used to, not through a piece of fabric. Now listen to this. She also adds, 
He does not change his mask very often, and it is often smelly and soiled. (laughs) Now, bro. Bro. So, let's start to tally these things up. Okay. You're a big CDC guy. You listen to the experts. You're, You're not a science denier. You're taking this very, very seriously. So the CDC has now come out and said, you're not to wear a mask outside if you don't want to, if you've had the vaccine. And you're like, you know what? Fuck all that. I'm going to wear a mask around the house 24 hours a day when it's just me and my wife here. Like, I'm going to fuck in the mask. I'm going to shit in the mask. I'm going to sleep in the mask. And he's done all that for 12 months. And she's starting to get a little bit sick of it. The wife, the lovely young minx. The lovely young minx who just wants to feel human touch again. (laughs) Right? So, all of this shit is bubbling along. And then you just knew, adding insult to injury, you knew that he was going to be a filthy mask guy, didn't you? I knew it. I knew it. I could sense it coming in the back of my mind. Because he's like, you know, we really don't know much about the vaccines yet. I don't know. I don't know how safe they are. I don't know how much they're going to protect me. It's like, well, okay, you know what? You might have a point there. Maybe we don't know everything there is to know. But what we do know is it's not necessarily good for you to be breathing through a shit rag that's, you know, strapped to your face. Her exact her exact words were smelly and soiled. <laughs> A smelly, dirty face mask. Well, I better keep it on because I don't want to get sick. <laughs> Fucking. He might be. He might be. Uh, he might be beautiful. He might be sexy. He might be athletic. He might be kind. But he sounds dumb as dog shit, sweetheart. He sounds like a fucking idiot. <laughs> so here is the response. Okay. Dear maskless and alone. I suspect your mother and I would agree on almost nothing COVID-related except the fact that your husband's behaviour is alarming. It's alarming. Do you remember when corporate media outlets were reporting last year that you should only fuck doggy style to avoid spreading coronavirus? See, after creating the monster, they're now going to disown the monster. Oh, no, no. We're reasonable people. We would never promote such conspiracy theories. You know, um, Donald Trump has been walking around for the last week saying that he was right about the Wuhan lab. But let's be real here. It was very cloudy from the beginning. (laughs) It's always been cloudy. We didn't know. We had no idea about this theory that was floating around out there. So they've created this monster. This guy now can't even can't even fuck without wearing a face mask because he's that paranoid about COVID. And now we're like, oh, this is this is awful. This is terrible. This is very disturbing behavior here. The quote was, "Your husband's behavior is alarming." When again, the se- the very same outlets, right? The very same uh, media entities were only months ago writing stories like, hey, only fucking doggy style so you don't breathe into each other's faces when you're having sex because that's probably going to spread COVID, right? Give me a fucking break. The advice continues. You need to sit down with him at a time free of heightened emotions, so not right after sex. Tell him about all the harm here. 
His behavior is alienating you and he's certainly not offering him any real protection against the disease. Haven't they changed their tune? All of a sudden, it's like, don't be paranoid about COVID. (laughs) I'm just trying to keep up here. I only just got on Team YouTube. I'm ready to follow the rules now. Uh, you know, don't be so. You don't have to be such a stick in the mud about it. I mean, just relax. It's not that bad. Give him three options, okay? Would you like to hear the options? Some might say that I'm a loner, but I just call it being free. First, he can make an appointment with his physician to talk about effective. Pardon me. Effective protective measures, okay? So we're going to have a chat with the doctor. If he does this, he has to commit to following the doctor's recommendations. And you have to be present so he can't lie about it to you as to what happens there. Hopefully his doctor will say he has to do option two. Start seeing a therapist. Yes, shuffle them into therapy. Because that always makes everything better. Why don't we sit him down with someone and just start pouring his little uh, paranoid heart out, huh? I'm sure that'll make it so much better in the house. Finally, he can decide, because it would be his decision, if he doesn't take another action, to call an end to the relationship. So we're going to break up now. Imagine if a marriage comes to an end because the husband doesn't want to take a fucking face mask off to have sex with you. 2021, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I know you want your husband back, but he isn't that husband right now. He's changed, man. (laughs) He's changed, bro. (laughs) COVID has changed me. I'm not the same husband you married. <laughs> Sorry, honey, I can't hear you because of the mask. I'm not the same husband you Honey, please, why can't you take the mask off? Why don't you talk to me? Why won't you kiss me like you used to? You know, it was, we just had a really heartfelt conversation last night. <laughs> we were both open and honest with each other. You've changed, man. If he goes with one of the first two options, you should promise to do the legwork. Finding him a therapist, making appointments, so babying him. Yeah. Don't worry, I'll find you a therapist you can go to to talk about your problem, honey. Your husband is in the middle of a long-running crisis. That is the worst time to have to navigate our completely patient, unfriendly mental health mental health care system, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, we're blaming the hospitals now. <laughs> there you have it. How do you like that? My husband won't take his mask off even for sex. Fantastic stuff. So you stay you stay COVID safe out there, kids. It's a nice message from your friendly Uncle Books. How about this? As a quick little bit of follow-up before we get to our next item here. Uh, remember, was it Monday show? It was either Monday show or, or last Friday show. Talking about how, you know, all of a sudden, the idea that this particular, I like to call it the freedom virus, um, 
this thing that might have started, I don't know if you've heard about this or not, but apparently Dr. Fauci said he's open to the possibility that this thing could have started in a lab. And now that Anthony Fauci has said it's okay to say this, well, I'm more than happy to. Of course, the day before Dr. Fauci, who we love, who's never wrong, the day before he said that, uh, it would have been a conspiracy theory that would get you removed off various social, uh, social media platforms, incidentally. Which I'm sure is just a coincidence. No way. Rice man, rice man in the chat. No way. So, so I think this is Tom Elliott. Is this Tom Elliott? Yes, Tom Elliott. Again, a little shout out to Tom Elliott, who always tweets out great little fucking clips that come in very handy. Um, so he tweeted this out earlier, a little supercut, a little flashback supercut, ladies and gentlemen. Note the dates in the top right-hand side of the screen there. The best evidence suggests that the kind of bat from which this virus jumped to humans wasn't even present there. Uh, but you know the worst of all, whether it came from the lab or came from the bats, or came, it all came from China. Because we don't know where the novel coronavirus came from yet, the conspiracy theories fill the void. Tell me about these conspiracy theories. So this is 2020 now. This is just months ago. Yes, Suze approves. Because like I said, Anthony Fauci came out and said that we are allowed to ask questions now. So it's very good. This is how we learn. I'm telling you, the Chi-Coms are trying to weaponize this thing. Conservative talk show host Rush Limbaugh with zero proof suggesting a Chinese bioweapon lab is to blame. There's this question about the Wuhan lab. We know that it's been debunked. Those same agents. (laughs) Debunked. (laughs) It's been debunked. Remember we played the clip where the guy was like, well, actually... The five eyes, the various intelligence agencies around the world of our allies, they've all said, nah, didn't happen in a lab. So sorry, Trumpo, you know, sorry, conspiracy theorists, <laughs> just like that. And then without even addressing it, the same, the same host on the same show months later talking about the same topic is like, ah, look, it's always been a little bit cloudy. We've never really known when it started. Dr. Fauci came out today and said we need more investigation. And God damn it, I stand with Dr. Fauci. I always have. I always have. Because that's the con game that they run on it. ...now have been tapped with investigating one of Trump world's most favorite conspiracy theories. Donald Trump is still pushing the debunked bunkum, despite his own intelligence community's findings that that is simply not true. Simply not true. It is just simply not true. Uh, Excuse me, Joy. Why are you saying that this is wrong? (laughs) Because it is. Just, it's simply not true. Oh, good. I'm glad we sorted that out. Thank you. Thank you for keeping me informed. And there is simply no reason to believe that 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 is the case. There is no No empirical evidence to verify that. Coming up with a conspiracy theory to try and foment xenophobia um, (laughs) with respect to um, the Chinese. Wait, did he say it was a conspiracy theory to mask xenophobia? (laughs) (laughs) I think he did. I think that's what he said. Surely not. Surely, surely one couldn't be so, so silly <laughs> to suggest such a thing on the corporate press. Surely not. 
Oh, this was just a conspiracy theory cooked up to mask xenophobic racism. <laughs> How much are they paying you to be here? What would you say you do here? Fuck, they're not even trying, are they? Evidence to verify that. Listen Coming up with a conspiracy theory to try and yes. foment xenophobia. <laughs> Say the line, Bart. Um, with respect to um, the Chinese, has just as much factual support yep. as taking Clorox. He can't oh, just sit. No factual support. Oh, I love, I love Morning Joe's rants. What's Joe got for us? He can't just sit back and let the doctors and the scientists do their jobs. Ah. He's got to chime in. He may pick up the conspiracy theory that this was some weapon. People don't keep bats in captivity. <laughs> Complete baloney. We don't need to invoke conspiracy theories. This is just another example of, of the president trying to change the narrative from his own failings. The problem for President Trump... It's just, it's just relentless, isn't it? When you get all of these clips together and you pile them up one on top of the other, you, you really see just what they think of you, you know, as an audience. What little respect they treat you with. It's just clip after clip after clip. You stupid idiot. Stop asking questions. <laughs> Only the crazy people think that, right? All the while, now we know, all the while, everything they were saying was bullshit. Now, and now they pretend like they were never wrong. This is the part where they go, no, no, it's always been cloudy. <clears throat> we never knew. We never heard this before. Because that's what little they think of you. Trump is that he's running for re-election is looking for ways to deflect blame for uh, the performance of the administration. If you look at the evolution of the virus in bats and what's out there now, uh -huh. it's very, very strongly. Strongly. Very strongly. Very strong. Leaning towards this could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulate couldn't have so been. I wanted to ask are you still confident that it developed naturally <laughs> no actually I th that's the point that I said no I'm not convinced there you have it <laughs> a full a full year's worth for you right there ladies and gentlemen enjoy that chew on that let me grab that link for you like I said, tip of the hat to Tom Elliott on Twitter, who always tweets out very handy little fucking, very handy little splices there for Mr. Elliott. So thank you very much. Uh, you know, I like to keep you abreast of what's happening down here in Australia, ladies and gentlemen, from time to time. So it is with glee and optimism and a sense of joy for the future, really, if I'm being honest with you, that I bring you the latest news that the 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 state directly to the south of mine what we like to call the people's democratic republic of victoria ladies and gentlemen have entered yet again another lockdown isn't that fucking fantastic news for the victorians <clears throat> another covid lockdown 
which would mean it's their fourth one in nine months. So they're just getting locked the fuck down every other weekend. I mean, and they're loving it. They're getting deep dicked every every other week. So it's very good news for the Victorians. The reason I say it's good news is because uh, obviously now they get to keep everybody safe, of course. <clears throat> and I mean, you've just got to you've just got to look to the the good side, right? You've got to look for the positive here. Hey guys, you've only got it's only one week, okay? <laughs> it's only one week. You can get through this together. We're all in this together. Rubbing my nipples, yeah. We're all in this together, baby. It's you and me. Oh, yeah. Lockdown number four. You know why? Because we trust the science. Because we trust the experts. Good news, guys. One more week and that's it. You're doing... Exactly. Guys, you're doing great. You're doing super. You're so good at following the rules. (laughs) Hey, guys, if we just follow the rules for one more week, they'll let us get back to normal. You know, I'm so sick of those conspiracy theorists and science deniers who say things like they're just going to keep doing lockdowns. I'm so sick of them. They don't understand that if we just follow the rules for one more week, everything will be fixed. Can't wait for that. So, <clears throat> pardon me. Got a gay frog in my throat tonight. Let's head to the great state of Victoria, ladies and gentlemen, see what the fuck's going on down there. Good evening. We might be familiar with the drill, but as our fourth lockdown approaches, mm-hmm. there's a palpable sense of urgency in palpable. Melbourne tonight. Uh-huh. Long lines for testing have been matched by, by people finally rushing to get vaccinated. How odd, don't you think? Don't you think that's a little weird? I mean, think about it here. Government announces, oh my God, there's a super spreading event, okay? There's a super spreading event. We need to go into lockdown again for a week. They're using this term now. They've, they've got a new term, by the way. So remember we identified the term they were using before, which was snap lockdown, right? <laughs> Just snap lockdown. So because we were calling it a snap lockdown, that means that people are more accepting of like having, you know, hours notice before their business is shut for a week out of their control. So wages, um, stock, ordering stock, everything like that. If you're a restaurant or something, can you imagine all the fucking fresh food and shit you'd have to throw out? Because, oh, sorry, guys, in six hours from now, your business is going to be shut for a week. So sorry about that. Nothing we can do. Hey, it's the ex- trust the experts, you know what I mean? Trust the science. So, so with all of that happening, um, the government announces, look, we're going to have to go. It's a circuit breaker now. Exactly, Foggy. So now the new term is it's a circuit breaker lockdown. <laughs> it's a circuit breaker. <laughs> Maybe that's better than snap lockdown. I'm not sure. I mean, circuit breaker. It sounds like this is the last thing we're going to need, you know? Hey, if we just hit a circuit breaker, everybody can reset and get back to normal, okay? Because what happens after a circuit breaker goes off? You reset the circuit. So it's lovely. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. (laughs) So they've heard this news. There's going to be a circuit breaker lockdown uh, later tonight. And then wouldn't you know it, it's the darndest thing. After that, a lot of people called up to try and get 
vaccinated. Just like that. I mean... We announced the circuit breaker lockdown for one week, and wouldn't you know it, off the back of that, we've also been talking about, hey, there's a super spreader event. Okay. Everybody's at risk here. This is fucking serious, people. I'm not even joking. It's serious. You know what, honey? We better go off and get that fucking vaccine. You're damn right you better. You're damn right you better get the vaccine. It's the only way we're going to get back to normal. You want to get back to normal, don't you? Well, yes, honey, I do. Good. Get the vaccine. And then maybe later tonight we can have sex without wearing our masks for once. Well, I don't know about that, sweetheart. Don't, let's not rush into things. So it's all good news in the great state of Victoria. Let's carry on. The seven-day circuit breaker to head off a third circuit wave breaker. has been triggered by 34 active cases, most of the highly contagious Indian variety of COVID. The, the 34 cases of the Indian version. Press one in the chat if you're still sitting here wondering like an idiot like me. How, uh, excuse me, sir. How come we're allowed to talk about the Indian variant of the virus but not say Wuhan flu? Can you explain that to me, please? Why are we allowed to talk about the Indian version of the Chinese virus, but not mention that it's from China? Why are we allowed to do that? Aren't we aren't we being uh, bigoted and you know xenophobic and whatnot by saying a no? You know what? I'm sure it has absolutely nothing to do with money. <laughs> nothing whatsoever. You know, if you were to bring up some kind of fiduciary commitment here in regards to which names we're allowed to call which flus, <laughs> whether or not we're allowed to geographically assign responsibility to a virus or not, uh, you would be a conspiracy theorist if you thought it had something to do with money or power or influence or something like that. Something like that. Let's carry on which is spreading much faster than any strain before it. It's even faster. Andrew Lund begins our coverage. So the Indian strain, Back ladies up. and gentlemen, the Indian strain is so much quicker than the Chinese strain. I mean, pardon me, the, the insert origin story here strain. I don't know. It's a bit like Venom. We don't know where it came from. Gypsy of Diamonds with the diamond. Vanda just steals the diamond, Gypsy. Stop Asian hate. Yes, exactly. And she giggles. She puts giggles in the comment, but I assume she's giggling at the idea that all of the racists out there are going to be, you know, called out. That's what I would be giggling over. Stop Asian hate. <laughs> you dumb racist, you don't get to say it no more. Because we're a very open, loving community here. Let's carry on. Under the cloud of coronavirus, cloud Melbourne's of growing COVID cluster yeah. prompted drastic action drastic. from the acting Premier. Yes. From 11.59pm uh, tonight, tonight, Victoria will enter a seven-day circuit breaker lockdown. <laughs> a seven-day circuit breaker lockdown, eh? Well, it doesn't sound like there's anything wrong with that. Sure, sure, I might lose thousands of dollars and my business might be thrown into fucking chaos for the foreseeable future because now I've got hours' notice to deal with people who are expecting, like, wages and earning money and stock orders are supposed to be coming in. Am I still getting a delivery? Is the truck still coming? Am I allowed to come and take the delivery? Is anybody allowed 
to help me here in a store? Do I have to wear a mask? How do I do online shit? Oh my God, what are we going to do? We've got that big fucking job to do next week. What is the job still happening? I don't know. People have got hours to sort that out. But you know what? It's not that bad. You know why? Because, hey, it's just a circuit breaker, guys. It's just a circuit breaker lockdown. Foggy in the chat. Wait, where's Daniel Andrews? He's been sick for a couple of months. I, f- I forget what's wrong with him. Honestly, I do. But he's he's been laid up or something for a while, and he's you know he's going to be laid up for another couple of months or something. I'm not I'm not exactly sure what is the problem there. It might just be something physical, like he had surgery or something. I'm not sure. But yeah, he's been MIA for a while. So this is the acting premiere. But hey, it's just a circuit breaker. So no need to get anxious or upset or anything about your business. Don't worry. We'll be resetting after this. Back to normal, everybody. Just one more week, guys. You're doing super. Out of coronavirus, Melbourne's growing COVID cluster prompted drastic action from the acting premier. From a- remember, you know, I can remember on this show nine, ten months ago talking about this idea where it's going to be like, no, no. From now on, the cycle's going to be... How many times... Press 1 in chat if you ever heard us talking about this. The cycle's going to be... You're going to get a little bit of your freedom back, right? In dribs and drabs. And then, you know, without warning, without notice, they'll whoosh, you know? They'll yank the um the tablecloth out from... They'll yank the rug out from under you and you'll be back to where you were again. And then the process starts again. Okay, we'll give you a little bit of your freedom back, a little bit of your freedom back. And then we yank the rug out from under your feet again, and we blame you for it. We say, no, no, it's your fault. You know what it is? It's the uneducated white people who are vaccine hesitant. That's why we have to do this. It's people who are out there who think they have too much freedom, you know? They they think that they can just ignore health guidelines and you know walk around and do normal things like go shopping and ride the bus and go to work and go to sporting events and go to restaurants right they think that they can do all of these things and there aren't going to be consequences so it's okay look you can have 20 people in the restaurant okay we'll let you have 20 people at a restaurant we'll let you have 10 people at home We'll let you drive 10 miles instead of five miles. But hey, you know, get out there, get your vaccine so we can get back to normal. Follow the rules. And then, you know, here we are, what? Circuit breaker, snap lockdown. Seven days. Sorry, guys, everyone back inside. We really need more people to be getting the vaccine. You know, more vaccinations is the only way we're going to solve this. It's your fault. If you're out there, you should do it because it's your part of the problem, you see. Oh, my God, why don't people just do what they're told, right? Strange. Strange how predictably it all played out from this time last year, isn't it? Don't you find it odd that it predictably played out exactly like you know, we weren't alone on this show. Other shows, probably other people, just people in everyday life could have seen it coming. Right? Once you hand over that level of, you know, control, it's very difficult to get it back. You know, governments aren't in the business of giving people more freedoms and more rights. They're in the business of 
giving themselves more power and more authority. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's a beast that feeds on what it creates, you know what I mean? Anyway, it's only a circuit breaker, guys. 11.59pm uh, tonight, yep. Victoria will enter a seven-day circuit breaker lockdown. In what is effectively a return to stage four restrictions from midnight... I, I, still, I still love to point out it's a return to stage four restrictions, like stage three, stage four, stage five, just like cancer. Just like cancer. Oh, stage four, he's terminal, you know? Stage four restrictions. Oh my God, it sounds serious, <laughs> doesn't it? Yes, it does. Sounds very serious. I mean, luckily we've got the medical experts on hand to diagnose this stage four circuit breaker. Breaker, breaker. A return to stage four restrictions. From midnight, there will be just five permitted reasons to leave home <laughs> for essential work, okay. essential shopping, yep. caregiving, medical appointments, and vaccination. <laughs> well, we may as well go get vaccinated. We can't do anything else. <laughs> I'm not allowed. I can't go to the movies. I can't go to the restaurant. I can't go to the nightclub. Hey, you want to go get vaccinated? Okay. Hey, at least it's a day out, right? <laughs> But they're not even giving away any free shit here in this country. Outdoor exercise will be restricted to just two hours a day. Two hours of yard time, huh? One of the reasons I love the government is they're so generous with us. They're giving me two hours of outside playtime. Wow. Here I was thinking that I was going to be locked up in my home for a week. But thankfully, the government who loves me and protected me, uh, wants to protect me, is letting me walk around for two hours a day out of my own home. Aren't they nice to us? I really appreciate it. Thank you for keeping me safe, Mr. Government. Hey, with one other person yeah. and within five kilometres oh, of home. And masks nice? must be worn at all times yes. in public, both indoors and outdoors. Yes, and whilst having sex with your wife as well, if you want to be extra careful. As tough as this is for everyone, I think... We're all in this together, guys. <laughs> We're all in this together. I'm in the same boat. It's okay, because if we get caught, like, having a private meal at a restaurant or getting our hair done at a salon or going on holiday to a different state where there are more lax restrictions, if we get caught doing any of those things, we'll just say, hey... I'm human. Sorry, I made a mistake. And everybody will go, oh, yes, trust the science, ladies and gentlemen. Trust the science. Thank you for trusting the science. But if any of you kind of, you know, think that you're going to engage in that kind of behaviour, guess again, ladies and gentlemen. Guess again. People appreciate that we've just got to do this. The lockdown just came as to. the state... Rec we've just got to. <laughs> oh, well, he makes a good point. You know, I was sceptical about this stage four snap um, circuit breaker lockdown. <laughs> but then I heard the ac the acting premier come out and say, we've just got to do it. And I thought, you know what? He's right. 
What's the reason for doing this? We just have to. Sold. Done. Trust the science. Trust the experts. They never get anything wrong. Recorded 11 new cases of community. Wow, 11. <laughs> A whole 11? My God. 11, that's more than 100%. <laughs> How we deal with 11. Community transmission, taking the cluster total to 26. 26. 26 in the cluster, though. We found 11, but we've got 26. Those people is now in intensive care. Right. Just in recent days, we've passed uh, over 50% of over seven-year-olds being vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, sadly, this was not one of those 50%. And with the number of exposure sites ballooning, tracing teams face the prospect of trying to track 10,000 potential close contacts. Ah. I mean, look, guys. Trust the science, okay? Trust the experts. We have 26 people here. We have 26 people. Now, because of this 26 people, right, in order to be safe, in order to be safe, we need to first lock everyone in their homes for a week. That's step one. Step two is now the, the quote, tracing tens of thousands of people. How do we track them? How do we track them to figure out where they've been, who they've been mixing with? Did they shop at that supermarket? Were they at that game? Right? What have they been doing? And I mean, the sites, the, the, the sites that are in our net here for where people have gone, the people that we now need to track in order to keep everybody safe, the, the potential sites is now ballooning. <laughs> it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, holy cow. How are we going to stay safe, ladies and gentlemen? Good evening. Contact tracers are hunting hundreds of people who partied with COVID cases hunting. but didn't check in with a QR code. Oh. <laughs> oh. Hundreds of people had a party but they didn't check in to their little, their little code. They didn't swipe their code when they walked into the place. Oh, dear. And now the contact tracers are hunting them. Isn't it fucking... <laughs> Hey, how do you like that? <laughs> We're hunting these illegal party goers. It's like fucking Hunger Games out there. Good evening. Contact tracers are hunting hundreds of people who partied with COVID cases but didn't check in with a QR code. A danger list of five pubs and danger clubs list. has been published. As We're hunting people. There's a, they, he literally called it a danger list of five pubs and clubs. Danger list. Oh no, we're on the danger list. Victoria recorded our first infection from a public exposure site. Mark Santo Martino leads tonight's coverage. <laughs> Jim Enward in the chat. Greeno's QR code story with his hotel cracked me up this morning. He's Jim's referring to the starting block, which was about 5:30 a.m. Eastern your time if you're on the East Coast. Um, you can, which you can go back and listen to if you want. Follow Greeno at the starting block. One word, drop the K in the end, and all the tweets are there. 
Um, yeah, so he was telling this story how he, you know, he was checking into a hotel and he checked in. When we say check in, like the traditional sense of the word, checking in at the desk, right? We're here. Okay, good. Here's your key, blah, blah, blah. And so he's got his key and as he's going up to the room, another lady who works at the hotel pops out and says, oh, I'm sorry, have you checked in? But she's referring to the scan your QR code here for COVID safety fucking regulations, right? And he's like, yeah, I just checked in. And she's like, no, no, you've got to check in. And he's like, I do, I just checked in. <laughs> it was like a who's on first situation. So he's there arguing with this woman who wants him to check in and he's trying to explain to her, no, I've already checked in. Look, my name's in the book. No, sir, you need to check in with your phone. Why do I need to check in with my phone? I've just checked in over there. Look, I've got my key already. What are you talking about? <laughs> So, I mean, we've got to put a stop to this. These people think, right, this might, actually, this might be a little confronting for you. And I don't want to alarm anybody. But ladies and gentlemen, there are people out there who think that they have a right to walk around without scanning in, you know, their name and address and phone number and stuff, their location and letting everybody know, you know, kind of what buildings they're walking into and stuff. They think that they're allowed to do that. Can you believe it? Can you believe these science deniers, huh? Press one in the chat if you ever remember us talking about on this show that they, they're basically going to, like in a backdoor way, mandate that everybody needs to carry a smartphone around with them at all times. Because they're not going to make you carry a smartphone with you at all times, but they'll say, well, if you want to do anything, then you're going to have to have a smartphone, right? Remember that? So next thing you know, everybody's got to have a smartphone because everybody's got to check in. What am I checking in for again? Because we're keeping people safe. Oh, right. Why do I need to go on this danger list? Oh, because, right, because somebody got sick. Right. You know, I'm glad you're tracking me to keep me safe. And, you know, now we have this unfortunate situation, don't we, if these these people who are going to illegal parties and they're not checking in, now we have to hunt them down around the danger sites, ladies and gentlemen. Unable to escape the fog of lockdown, day one of seven added four new COVID cases. Mm. Of course, four is better than ten. Um, Four is better than (laughs) ten. It's also not that much worse from zero, <laughs> if you want to. I mean, four is closer to zero than it is to ten. You know, we're six away from ten. Hey, look, four new cases last night. Whoa. How many people live in the city again? I don't know, about two million something. Something like that. <laughs> four. Four, you say? You know what? This just proves that the circuit breaker is working. <laughs> Don't you think? Because of my because of our government's strong-handed approach to keeping everybody COVID safe, that's why we've only got four. Because we locked everyone up already. If it weren't for us, you'd all be dead. <laughs> I should get a goddamn medal or at least an Emmy Award, something. A book deal? It is not over yet. Uh, we could get 10 tomorrow. We could get 20 tomorrow. We could, we could get 5 million tomorrow. But I guess we won't know until tomorrow, will we? 
it's like a punxatawney Phil situation. If we pull the hamster, if we pull the fucking gopher or whatever he is, what is he, a hedgehog? Punxatawney Phil? I don't know, some, some fucking furry wooded creature, woodland creature. We can pull him out of a tree and, you know, are, are we going to get 10 cases tomorrow, Phil? You know, and if he goes back into his shadow or whatever it is, whatever the fucking law is, then I guess, oh, we're going to need lockdown for one more day. Phil said it's not safe to come out of the tree stump yet. Why? why it's a beaver. It's Who fucking cares about beavers? North American fuck... North American fuck rats. That's what they are. North American tree rats. <laughs> beavers. I guess. Fuck them. I've heard their tails are pretty tasty, though, aren't they? A whistle pig. That's, that's a nice whistle. Three were infected at home or work, including a okay. friend of a Stratton Finance employee. Oh, no. But one was infected at a public exposure site. Really? While dining with an infected person at Morty Alex Sporting Globe on Sunday. It's a bit close to home. We've not seen that in, in Victoria for a number of months now, so it is significant. Significant. very significant. That venue tops a new danger list of weekend exposure sites. Five pubs and clubs, including the Three Monkeys and Somewhere Bar in Paran, mm-hmm. South Melbourne's Three Monkeys Somewhere, Palace Hotel and the local at Port Melbourne, where too many patrons dodged QR codes. <laughs> too many people just walked in and started drinking beer in our pub. We can't have that. Please form an orderly line at the front door. Scan your details. So we can knock on your door later on. In some of those locations, there were tens. Because what's happening here is people are scanning into these places and they figure out, oh, look, you know, there might have been 200,000 people who go through a pub, you know, in the space of a week or something, you know, whatever whatever the number is. Just throw a number out there. Let's let's make it much less. Let's say 10,000 people go through a pub in one week, okay? Now, if they figure out that one person who went to that pub at any time during the week is now sick, that means the other 9,999 people are supposed to have already checked into that pub so they can, because when, you know, the guidance come out and say, oh, listen, anybody who was in this pub needs to go into mandatory fucking isolation or whatever, then the police start coming around knocking on your door to make sure that you're not walking around outside. I'm not joking. This is contact tracing. So they'll come knocking on your door to make sure, are you at home? Good. All right, who's next on the list? And obviously they're not going to be able to check everybody, but they'll, they'll check people. And people have been fined and shit for not being home when the police come. What are you doing, sir? Oh, I just went out, you know, <laughs> went out for a pack of cigarettes or something. Sorry. You weren't here when we knocked, so here's a, you know, $200 fine or whatever. 2021, ladies and gentlemen. Don't worry, it's just one more week, guys. It's just one more week. Oh, hundreds of people, those aren't the numbers we're seeing on the QR code system. They are the most important cohort uh, to um, stay hunkered down to get that test. We need to get ahead of this outbreak because if we do not, then it becomes uncontrollable. There you have it. I just want to show you one more quick item on this topic before we go to a break here on the Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, You're going to enjoy this. 
specifically for the newsreader. Okay? Not the newsreader, pardon me, but the on-the-ground reporter. I just want you to sit back and enjoy this. If you're listening to the podcast, this is one of those ones that you'll have to, you'll have to see for yourself. Some breaking news. Victoria has recorded just four new local cases of COVID-19 as the state begins seven days of lockdown. Christiana Hearn is at a vaccine hub in Heidelberg. Chris, good morning. This is very encouraging news. Very encouraging news. (laughs) Look at this encouraging positive news here. Now, if you are listening to the podcast... Our on-the-ground reporter, our fearless reporter, is not only wearing a mask, she's also... This is the first time I've ever seen anybody wearing one of these, like, on the news. We've seen people wearing masks for months and months and months. That's nothing special. But she's gone the next step, and she's wearing the face shield, ladies and gentlemen. Which kind of goes around your forehead, and then, like, a, a clear perspex... Shield comes down to about shoulder height, and it's and I I don't know maybe it's some kind of product placement that's going on here as well. But it's also got just in case you 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 didn't know, just in case you couldn't figure it out, it's also got face shield emblazoned in huge letters across the front of the face shield, just so you know. Oh, I thought it was a suit bowl, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I thought it was a pair of jeans. Fuck. Luckily, it's got face shield written on there. I thought it was a dog biscuit. How about that? So they're doing fantastically well, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, the brave, the brave members of the corporate press. All right. With that, let's take a quick five-minute break. Got so much more to get through on the other side. Stick around. You're on the Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Garage Door Repairers and Glassmakers Association, Lord Clarence Cobblepot. Well, I, I truly have uh, no uh, hesitations in suggesting that Ian Michael is a visionary, uh, possibly the most uh, wonderful, talented glassmaker we've ever seen you know, of this generation. Uh, uh, I recommend him to all of our, our, our service members and all of our, our union members who require only the best in quality. Ian Michael Glass Art, not just dildos and butt plugs. Do you suffer from mass hysteria, not knowing whether to wear a mask or not? Do you suffer from paranoia, constantly in fear of Karens? Do you suffer from anti-laughism, the inability to laugh and smile no matter what happens to you? Well... Charwording to here with Charmoney Live, where you can have a chahoot shenanigan of a good time. We have everything from chikarn events to a chasaurus and macarons, where these chickens just be going chug crazy. It's off the hinge. We even got carrots jumping off of trailers. 
We got Karens going crazy over french fries. We even have Karens that think they have the force. It's insane over here at Chamalila. So I appreciate you. Come on down. We got the phone lines. They're always open. We'd love to have you. French effects may include dizziness, lack of oxygen, due to hysterical laughing, and inability to shield off cameras to come within six feet of your vicinity, expansion of the mind due to the overload of factual information, not fake news, confidence, and lack of bullshit in your life, and the inability to become based. For instant help with any of these symptoms, please contact the trauma and outline immediately or seek your closest woke friend who may be able to calm you during your time transition from sleep to awake. Okie dokie, roll em. Harry the Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> Yes! Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Harry the Nazi. Are you ready for this? Harry says sorry for Nazi costume. Now he's marrying a biracial woman. All is forgiven. <laughs> it's no longer a center of white privilege. And <laughs> That's evil white white English people. Prince Harry has apologised for wearing a swastika armband to a friend's fancy dress party. How dare he? You better go out and marry a half-black girl right now. <laughs> Harry, you have brought shame upon this house and this institution. You are a disgrace to the crown and you are an embarrassment to dear old England. I demand that you go to America immediately and find yourself one of these half-caste ladies willing to jump into bed with you. At that moment we will celebrate it, we will tell all the people that you are no longer a Nazi, you are now reformed, you are progressive, and you are the embodiment and the beacon for future, future relationships. And we, together we will end racism, Harry. We will end racism. Thank you, Nana. Thank you, Nana. You know, I was planning on having sex with a number of women in America. No, Harry! No, no, no. I just want you to focus on the coloured folks. You know those coloured folks? They have more coloured folks in America than we do over here. So please, Harry, when you're looking for somebody to insert your penis into, make sure she's a little bit tinged. Okay, thank you, darling. Of course, all the tickets are paid for. Very well. Good night, Harry. I look forward to the wedding. <laughs> Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. All right, all right. This world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. Shake it all around. 
No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us. Friday night edition Daily Boogie Podcast. Don't forget to follow some of our friends coming up later on tonight. Coffee Talk with Sandra, Rational Times. You've got everybody's favourite lover of French women doing shit out there. There's people around over the weekend uh, at Real Person PLTCS as well. Winning TV, ladies and gentlemen, Saturday nights. Uh, Major Tom, Joy of Pessy, I think will be on later tonight as well. Got a whole bunch of people to follow out there, so... Give a shout out to the boys or the girls, whatever. I don't care. Thank you for joining us. Like I said, it's Friday night. You know, sometimes we get accused, ladies and gentlemen, on this show of not being positive enough. It's as shocking to me as I'm sure it is to you. So sometimes I think it's only fair that we try to, you know, illustrate what we mean in different ways like try and you know do our best to reach across to the people who don't like us and say look you know we're on your side we're on the same side we're all we all believe in coming together and all of that kind of shit especially since we're now valued members of team youtube so i have a very positive uplifting story for you frankly it's not getting the coverage that it deserves But this story that I have, I think, you know, if we can embrace this kind of thing, it really will produce a long-lasting, viable, meaningful solution to the problem of racism, ladies and gentlemen. Of course I'm talking about racism. From the Washington Post, Democracy Dies in Darkness, Spain's postal service introduces skin tone stamps to fight racism and makes the whitest one the most valuable. I mean, this will do it, (laughs) obviously. I mean, we've tried just about everything else. In the anti-racism think tank, wherever it might be, wherever its headquarters might be, it might be like Hydra, you know, maybe some underwater fucking chamber or something where they come up with the stuff. Somebody was sitting there and they said, you know what, have we tried the fucking postal stamps yet? Have we tried that? What do you mean? Well, you know how we've been putting little pictures on postal stamps like of trains or the Wright Brothers plane, you know, or, you know, just like a nice little landscape, a little bit of scenery, a tree, a fucking fruit bowl, a hot dog, whatever it is. We've just been putting all these little pictures on the postal stamps. What if we had just skin colour? Ooh. Because as you know, so many people use the the postal service these days. I mean... If you're going to address racism, you want to do it using an obsolete, dying fucking entity like the Postal Service. If only we could figure a way to get postal stamps onto emails, then we would... Maybe maybe the Postal Service can charge everybody to send an email now. Because they've got to make their money. If they're not able to make money, how are they going to solve racism? You see what I'm getting at here? So we need the Postal Service to come up with stuff like this to prove their worth to us. Spain's Postal Service skin tone stamps. Spain's Postal Service prompted widespread criticism this week after introducing... So the the beautiful part is they got criticised for this. (laughs) 
After introducing skin tone stamps, with the lightest one being the most valuable and promoting them as part of an anti-racism campaign. So you see, the, re the reason that they were getting criticized is because the light one is one euro and 60 cents. And then the, you know, the kind of mocha brown is one euro 50 cents. The very dark brown is, you know, the coffee brown is only 80 cents, 80 euros. Uh, and then the black one is the cheapest of all at 70 cents. <laughs> you can't, you can't address racism by making the white one, you know, cost twice as much as the black one. Why is the darkest literally ink black? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's what they think of black people in Spain. I don't know. The darker the stamp, the less value it will have, the state-owned company called Corios, Corios said in a news release announcing the launch. Quote, therefore, when making a shipment, it will be necessary to use more black stamps than white ones. That way, each letter and each shipment will become a reflection of the inequality created by racism. This is the Postal Service. This is the post. This is the post office making this announcement. The fucking post office. The post office, whose whose previous worth in society was this, right? You go. I give letter to you. You take letter to this place here, and that's it. I give you package. You pick package up. You take package to place. You come back here. Okay, that's your job. No, no, no. That's That used to be our job. That used to be our job. We've spoken about this so many times. You know, the people who, who study at college and study at university things like sociology, fucking cultural enrichment studies, right? What people would, you know, refer to as basket weaving kind of courses. They, they don't just finish university and, like, disappear, you know. A lot of them end up waiting tables at fucking... At, um, you know, what's one of your cheesy restaurants, like Applebee's or something. A lot of them end up doing that. A lot of them end up making coffee at a Starbucks, but a lot of them end up in government departments. And, you know, there are new roles being created in not just, it's not just government departments, it's also private businesses. There are new roles being created in all of these businesses because this entity fuels itself, right? So these businesses now want to appear like they're being smart and, you know, they're being socially conscious and stuff and it's all about branding. So, hey, do we have a diversity executive here on the team? No, we don't. Do we have a head of social inclusion here at the here at this company? No, we don't. Well, we better get one. Right? And that's where these people end up. They end up in roles like that. So now I'll repeat this line again because it's it's from the fucking post office. Remember, I give you package, you pick package up, <laughs> you take package to place, written here. See, see address here on envelope, here, right here. You see? You see the ad? Yes, yes, you see? Okay. You, you go to this place, you take package, you drop off. That's it. Yeah, everybody understood that. But now, the Postal Service says shit like this. The darker the stamp, the less value it will have. Therefore, 
When making a shipment, it will be necessary to use more black stamps than white ones. That way, each letter and each shipment will become a reflection of the inequality created by racism. So that's what the post office is doing now. But in a beautiful... You know, sometimes the universe just smiles on you. In a beautiful twist of fate, as though it were destined to happen, the internet did not take kindly to this. Because this company's attempt to address racism, this company's attempt to show everybody just how anti-racist they are, led to them being accused of being even bigger racist than if they had have done nothing. (laughs) If the Postal Service had have done nothing, they wouldn't have been accused of being racist. But because they actively tried to be anti-racist, they're now racist. I'll see you in hell. Isn't it a beautiful fucking time to be alive? Let this be a lesson to other government departments and companies around the world. Because I know you all listen. Let, let this be a lesson to you. Just keep your head down and shut up. Because <laughs> if you pop your head up out of the trench with some of that, you know, regular bog standard, I'm on your side shit, the snipers are going to take you out as well. They're taking anybody out now at this point. But we were trying to be anti-racist. Yes, that was very racist of you. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> How the hell am I supposed to please you maniacs? How about don't do anything? That might work. That might work. I give you package. You take to address on envelope. You come back. That's your job, postman. I give you letter. You take away. End of fucking discussion. No, no, we we don't want to talk about racism. Please just deliver my letters, and that'll be enough. I'll be happy with that. Um. Okay, tell you what. What should we do? What should we do? Okay, I'll give you, I'll give you a multiple choice here on the Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast, ladies and gentlemen, because it is a show of the people, obviously. So I've got three things on offer for your consideration here tonight. Three things that we can cover. The first thing we can cover is the Kamala Harris message to uh, high school graduates a few days ago. Okay, that's item number one. That's been sitting in the bank for a couple of days and I just haven't had a chance to bring it out, but it's there. Number two is an Australian story about uh, somebody who's squatting in somebody else's shed. So like a bum living in somebody else's shed. Item number three is for the animal lovers. And it is a biblical plague that is sweeping across like Australian rural territories where mice, um, it's pretty gross. It's a plague of mice now in Australia. Apparently we don't have enough deadly spiders to take out all the mice, unfortunately. So it's up to you. One, two or three. What do you want? looks like it looks like the twos have it so what i'm going to do is i'll quickly show you the mouse story 
I'll quickly show you the mouse story and then we'll do the guy squatting in the guy's shed, okay? Because I think this is worth seeing. Because I don't think a lot of people... I'm sure you've... I'm sure you've seen reports, like a little bit of a report here and there. But generally speaking, um, other countries don't talk about Australia unless it's either bushfires or floods. That's it. They're like, oh, another bushfire in Australia. Is that all they do down there is burn shit all the time? <laughs> you know... So I'm not sure how widely this has been reported, but this, uh, again, like I said, this is for the animal lovers. So uh, enjoy. This really is, again, if you're listening to the podcast, unfortunately, this is another one of those things you'll just have to see. The The link will be in the show notes, which is posted to the Podbean website. So everything I use on the show, like every other show, um, we post the links there for you if you want to go back and grab them. So anyway, for the animal lovers. <laughs> Let's go, let's go, let's go. All right, get in line. It's raining mice. Just a mouse problem? I think not. People waking up in their beds and having their body parts chewed on by mice or rats. Look, I'm not one to make like a big deal, you know. Um, you know, people can get mice problems. It's not necessarily, you know, it's not necessarily a sign of like some kind of dirtiness or something. Sometimes it's just due to, you know, there's not far from me, there's a grain silo. So, you know, you're going to have mice. If you're living next to the grain silo, they're going to be running around. You're going to just put some baits out, put some traps out. You'll be fine. You know, just stay on top of it and you'll be fine. Uh, that's one That's one level of kind of annoyance. Another level might be that you're waking up in the middle of the night and mice are eating your toes. <laughs> huh? People are waking up, I swear to God, people are waking up in the middle of the night in these country towns with mice eating them. <laughs> Welcome to Australia. This should be turned into an Australian tourism fucking commercial. <laughs> that gives me the... Hey, do you love wildlife? <laughs> look at this, look at this. Hi, my name's uh, Sam. We live just out of Golgong in the central Tablelands, New South Wales. And we are currently going through a really bad mouse plague. Um, it's been going on for at least the last five, mm. six months. Good girl. Good puss puss. Good pussy. That's a good cat. The cat's doing doing his part, isn't he? That a boy. Good boy. Go on. Go and get him. Go get the mice. Go, go. Good for him. I bet he's fucking eating well during these trying times, isn't he? <laughs> he just lays there with his mouth open and they run straight in there. It's getting to the point where we want to burn the house down because they are just everywhere. They're using um, this beam, which they have been chewing on. That's, that's termite riddled, that. That's fucking termite infestation. I mean, I could be wrong. could be mice, but Jesus Christ. Whatever, whatever is doing that to that beam, that's a fucking problem. On. Here they use that as like a ramp to get from outside. They walk across the curtain rod. Got a hole there, you can see. So these are my four boys. 
Um, we have Bryson, Ashton, Noah, and Harry. We worry about the health of the kids, you know, because they're in this. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Wet sandwich with a diamond. Thank you, Paige, for the diamond. Uh, termice, Boogie. Termice. <laughs> termice. I like that. Look at the, look at this. So the, the kitchen bench and, like, all of the food bowls and stuff, they're just filled with mouse shit. Filled with mouse shit. You know, because they're in this all the time. Look at... Oh. The kids... You know, because they're in this all the time. Look at this. Look at... Oh, dude. That's fucking... That's mouse shit on top of the microwave. And that's that's from one night. So that's what's happening in their kitchen while they're sleeping, is that. That's got to be like hundreds and hundreds of mice just taking over the house at night. <laughs> I don't know if poison's going to do it. They eat everybody's food. I love this scene though, because I used to have a bird, a pet bird, when I was a kid, and this kid's got a pet bird who sits on his shoulder there. Look, and they eat from our bags, holding our bags, and the kid who's wearing a tunic, a Roman tunic, <laughs> and they start climbing on my bed. Yeah, so this is got a little birdie on his shoulder, <laughs> his little mate. I know this is absolutely disgusting, but. We have just closed it up. Some dead ones on the ground. Dead mice on the floor. It stinks so Look bad. at all of the... Oh, ah. Ooh. I'm sick of cleaning it. It makes me feel sick. These videos make us look like... Fucking look at that dead mice all over the... <laughs> <laughs> We are completely feral, but I swear we're not. We just have given up. Numerous times we've just been bitten, whether it be, you know, on the hand, on the leg, um, face. We've actually had them crawl up our tracksuit pants when we've been in bed. One night, I had my, my toe eaten. People are saying, I don't believe it's from one day. This is a month. Oh, contraire. You re you really aren't grasping just like how extreme this is. That 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 is from one day. I'll show I'll prove it to you. Cause you haven't you haven't seen like the swarm yet. You've only seen like a few little flashes of like a bunch of mice in a bucket and stuff. You haven't even they haven't even shown you yet what's going on here. My toes were just bleeding. Look, check out the next guy, right? The next guy's a farmer. Look at this shit. Bad headaches made me full. G'day, straight from Danny Do here. There you go. <laughs> this is this is our guy. Okay. Now, I've tried to explain before to like Americans and stuff. There are different accents in Australia, and this is one of my favourites. I've I've got an accent that's you know partly, you know I was how I was raised and where I grew up and all that kind of thing. If you grow up in the bush, in the bush as we like to call it, you have a very ochre accent, which is more like this, eh? G'day, my name's Boogie Bumper, 
and we're live here from my studio here at the farm. Right, you know, it's it's that kind of you talk a lot more slowly. Sydney siders are known for talking very very quickly. <clears throat> One of our traits. But when hey, when you grew up in Dunny Do, you talk a little bit more slow with a bit of that ochre accent, eh? You right? <laughs> so this this is our fucking guy here, this guy. But have a look at what he's dealing with. G'day, Craig from Dunny Do. G'day, mate. G'day, Craig from Dunny. He's from Dunny Do. Noon, where I got to go and empty out these bucket traps. So basically, what happens with these traps? Look at this. We have a ramp set up. The um, mice run onto here. There's a bit of Nutella. It spins, and they fall into the water. Look at the difference in approach, right? So the mother, the mother of the four boys is just like, I want to burn the house down. <laughs> you know? She's like, we've given up trying to clean. We've given up. I, they're eating our feet. I, I just want to burn the house down. And then we've got our mate from Dunny Doo here who's like, yeah. Well, first thing in the morning, I go and uh, empty out the bucket traps. See, I made little ramps for the traps. <laughs> Then gave Veritas with a diamond. You gave your gun. You gave your guns away. <laughs> now you've got mice. If only we had fucking Armalite rifles, huh? We would make mincemeat of these little fuckers, wouldn't we? <laughs> they should be handing out AK-47s to everybody so we could deal with the mice plague. <laughs> this is what our forefathers intended. <laughs> Hand them all muskets. All right, men, charge! Ah, fucking go get them. We already lost the emu war. We can't lose the fucking mouse war as well. There aren't many animals underneath mouse when it comes to the fucking evolutionary scale. Because if we can't beat the emus and we can't beat the mice, I doubt we'll beat the cockroaches. We'll definitely lose to the spiders. We've got to put a fucking line in the sand. We are human beings, goddammit! The Victor Show, dlive.tv slash The Victor Show, ladies and gentlemen, uh, with the diamond. Thank you for joining us, sir. This smells like Emu War Part 2, Mouse Boogaloo. Exactly. Exactly. You were getting you were getting what I was saying. Winning TV with the diamond. Get your anti-tank guns and take them out. <laughs> Just, we need fucking nuclear weapons. That's what we need. MT2024. Send just send three our way to clean up the mice, would you, Tom? <laughs> I'll send you coordinates when you win the election. But just take out take out the mice and as few of the humans as possible. You can do that. Frozen Asian, uh, ladies and gentlemen, host of Revenge of the Sis, Frozen Asian joining us. Thank you very much, Frozo. Frozo doing a tremendous job hosting ROTC all week with his special guest co-host for the week, Robert and Mitch, host of the uh, ROTC, ladies and gentlemen, with the diamond. Thank you, Frozo. Uh, here to help in the mouse war effort. Well, thank you, Frozo. Yeah, we're gonna need we're gonna need all the help we can get. We really are gonna have to put our best foot forward. It's all hands to the pump. <laughs> so, like I said, I love the the contrasting approach here. You know, the family's like, well, let's burn the house down. That'll solve it. <laughs> and this guy's like, oh, well, you know, I just made a whole bunch of traps in buckets and it catches the mouses, catches the mice in there. You know? <laughs> but let's have a look. You Don't haven't, you even, do haven't here. seen anything. There you go. Time Don't afternoon it. where i got to go and empty out these bucket traps. 
So basically what happens with these straps, we have a ramp set up, the um, mice run onto here, there's a bit of Nutella, it spins and they fall into the water. I'm catching about average about four to six hundred a night. So he's only the the ones that are going in the traps. He's catching six hundred a night. A night. So every morning, imagine six hundred fucking mice in those buckets that you've got to go and empty into a shredder or some shit. Empty into a bin. What do you do with them once you? Because you'd be drowning in co- mice corpses, wouldn't you? Even the ones that you caught and trapped the fuck are you supposed to do with them? Straight in the furnace. It takes us three hours to do this usually and sometimes I'm up two or three times a night rebaiting these. You've got to keep on top of it because every one of these mice can breed. Um, a young one will breed again in 28 days and probably four to six in a litter. So 100 mice in one month can produce into 6,000 of the buggers. A hundred mice turn into six thousand per month, and then those six thousand multiply, and then that multiplies, and then that multiplies. You see how this goes? It's unrelenting, constant day after day. I'm pretty tired at the moment myself. Been loading up a heap of rubbish for the tip. Look at this. Mice got into Look a camping bag. Oh, that's fucked. <laughs> that is just, that is all sorts of, that is nightmarish. Like I said, this is a biblical thing that these people are fucking living with out there. This is, this is a plague. Heap of rubbish for the tip. Mice got into a camping look at them, bag. Look at them. Oh, fishing bag. fuck. Ate the guts out of it, made a mess. I'm throwing out a chainsaw safety helmet. Um... Mice chewed in the earmuffs and Peter. Victor showing a chat. Boogie, have Aussies tried making bog levels? Water is a great deterrent to rodents. That's easy for you to say. Your whole country is lower than the ocean. What makes you, what is it about Australia, Victor, that makes you think that we have a lot of water here? <laughs> is it the desert? <laughs> is it the fucking huge desert in the middle of the country? Oh, I mean, they've got to have water hidden in there. It's got to be buried there somewhere. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> all over the place. I'm down my back paddock. Thought I'd show you um, some mouse holes. There's hundreds of them, thousands of them. Last year, this was a thriving bed of cauliflower, cabbage. See, that's the that's the that's the problem, right? Because this is all about this is our bread basket out here, and uh, you know, food prices are going to fucking go up. Just what we need, you know. Fuel prices will go up because of parity pricing because we don't make our own fuel. So we're kind of like, you know, at the behest of what everybody, whatever, whatever anybody wants to charge for it, that's what we have to pay. Um, and, you know, we make a lot of food, but they'll, oh, food prices are going to have to go up. So I guess it's the era of everything becoming a lot more expensive in a very short space of time. I guess that's what we're about to go through. Victor, elect a Dutch man and Australia will be below sea level in five decades. <laughs> we did that to most of our land in less. Okay. We've had a few Dutchmen over here. I think the last great Dutchman we had here was Gus Hiddink, who coached our World Cup soccer team when we made it to quarterfinals. That was about the best <laughs> that we've had. Gus, no Gus, no glory. Broccoli and the mice have just chewed it bare. 
I got crook with encephalitis 13 years ago. Uh, ironically, from um, my- crook means sick, by the way. Nice. I've never fully recovered. I'm always worried about. Look at them, just like thousands of them streaming across the roads at night. That's that's how many there are because the mice normally try to fucking hide and stay out of the way. They only come out at night. You know what I mean? If you're seeing them just like swarming, so it looks like the road is fucking alive. Then I mean, fuck, you supposed to do here? What are you supposed to do here? The side effects, what can happen with me any time. And it's a bit terrifying because it paralysed me on the right side last time and I had to re- took me um, six months to learn to walk again. <laughs> the fucking country people are just... They're a different breed. Because he... So he got sick with some kind of mouse disease, right? Not that long ago. He couldn't. He had to teach himself how to walk again because his right side is paralysed. And here he is. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I just had to learn how to walk again. Anyway, let's go and empty the fucking mouse bucket traps. Eh? You know, he's just. Let's get on with it. I imagine like ninety percent of the problems that people deal with in the city, he wouldn't even know about. What? That's a problem, is it? So what happened, Dal? Somebody said something on Instagram. What's Instagram? <laughs> what? What is it? I don't know. Anyway, look, I'd love to keep talking about uh, the gram. What is it again? The Instagrams or whatever. But yeah, listen, I've got to learn how to walk again so I can repair the fence that the mice have fucking ripped down in the middle of the night. I've got to, I've got to go out there and plant more crops. So you know, we can talk about Facebook later, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, mate. I don't know. Gypsy of Diamonds with the Diamond Vantage steals the Diamond Gypsy. Hashtag COVID mice. COVID mice. You know, the mice are the real are the real virus. Look at it's this. raining mice. Look at this. Oh, you never get used to it. Yeah, it's just a stench. You don't get used to that stench. And in the middle of the night, you hear a lot of scratching in the roof. And I, I know people who always have mice run across their face and not the ideal situation for a good sleep. I know people. Look who... at them in there. Look at them in there in the hay bales. Oh, fuck. Not the ideal situation. Look at this. Look at that. Sleep. I know people who have got all their food in eskies and all that just because the mice are getting to it. Like we bait oh. our house a lot. Like, and we've probably spent at least 10 grand worth of bait just spreading it across the paddocks. The other day, I opened up my car's bonnet. After I left it there for probably about two days, mice were just falling from the bonnet and just everywhere. <laughs> Winning TV. The mice chewed me foot off, but i got to empty me traps. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. I think I told you once, we did the one of my favourite, like, Australian stories. I think we covered it on the show once before. The story's still floating around out there. It was from a few years ago. Uh, there was a TV show here called Underbelly, which was like about, you know, gang stuff in in Sydney and shit uh, in the 30s, I think. Underbelly, the Golden Mile. I can't remember which one. There's been a whole bunch of them. Razor, maybe. And so this guy, he got bitten by a fucking very poisonous snake. I think it was a red-bellied black snake. I think it was, but I could be mistaken. Whatever, whatever snake it was, it was very dangerous, you know, a, a potentially deadly one. And so he got bit by the snake, and then he didn't go to hospital, though. 
until the next day. So he woke up like the next morning. He couldn't breathe. Um, his le- his legs were all like stiff and he couldn't really walk properly and stuff. And he was in a lot of pain. And they took him to the hospital and he said, yeah, I got bit by this snake last night. And they said, why did you wait? Why did you not come to the hospital straight away? And he said, oh, because I didn't want to miss Underbelly. <laughs> he didn't want to miss the TV show. <laughs> so he stayed at home. He stayed at home slowly dying from snake venom so he wouldn't miss Underbelly. (laughs) It's like one of the most Australian stories (laughs) that I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, 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 I could die, but hey, I'm going to wish I was dead if I miss this fucking show. Jesus Christ, mate. Underbelly was 70s Melbourne crime. Yeah, but Foggy, there was a bunch of them. So there was the, the original Underbelly was the 70s Melbourne crime. Then there was Underbelly, the Golden Mile, which was about King's Cross, right, in Sydney. Then there was Underbelly Razor, which was about um, Tilly Devine and the Razor Gangs in the 1930s, you know, the brothel owner, the gang member. So, you know, there was, there was a whole bunch of them. But, yeah, you're right. The original Underbelly was the Melbourne one. They're all pretty good series. It's probably the last really good Australian series of TV. If you haven't seen them, if you can get them, you should watch them. They're, they are very, very good shows. Oh, the mices, the mices to pieces. And my motor, and I was banging the dash, and the hundreds of mice were just running out of the dash. Look at this. I'm going to show you my cupboard that I look at every morning when I get up and every night before I go to bed after I've cleaned it. Mice, devastation everywhere. And yes, there is a dead mouse. This is filmed just up from my place. Bogan Gate, what a place to live. <laughs> All right, so there you have it. The fucking, oh, ah! So that's what we're dealing with here in Australia, ladies and gentlemen. Now, <laughs> how about that for an expression to start a segment? Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> she just watched the mice fucking uh, special that we just played. Look at that. <laughs> so, if the mice aren't enough for you. I guess it's a a very Australian-themed show here tonight. If the mice aren't enough for you, how about somebody who's living in your shed that you can't get rid of? (laughs) So this is the one you wanted. Let's have a look here. Uh, This is from A Current Affair, which, uh, again, if if you're not familiar with it, it's a show that's generally geared towards, like, busy mums. It's a, I guess it's a demographic of my own creation, busy mums. So they do stories about like how much does milk cost, uh, what to do if your child is getting bullied, where to find the best nappies with the most, with the which diapers have the best absorption, you know, shit like this. Uh, builders who rip off customers. Oh, look, I'm a busy mum. I don't have time to read the contract. You know, that kind of vibe. That's what they do. So let's have a look. Well, Michael pays good money to house his family's priceless memories in a storage shed. But six months ago, squatters moved in and in desperation, he called us. Okay. I've had enough of these people and I really want them to leave. Okay. On Victoria's Phillip Island, Michael Scamina tidies the hall he rents to local community groups. Okay. In between the sweeping, spraying and... Okay, so he's a landlord. Right. Wiping, 
Michael hangs a smoky shot of Uluru and thinks of the photographer who captured it, his older brother, Tony. An outstanding fellow that really didn't deserve to die so early in life and absolutely deserves to have his photography honoured and brought to the public. A meteorologist by trade, Tony was a skilled outback photographer who died suddenly while swimming laps in 2015. Oof. Tony's estate, including much of his photography, is okay. kept in a storage shed next to Michael's Hall. Okay. But therein lies the problem. With okay, now this is, see, okay, I appreciate the nice backstory. But there's nothing I can really add to, you know, somebody tragically dying while swimming. You know, not drowning, but whatever it was, a heart attack or something. Who also happens to be like a meteorologist and a brilliant photographer. Okay, okay, okay. But let's get to the part where drug-addicted fucking human scum <laughs> is, living, is living in your property. Because that's really what I'm here for. I, you know, I appreciate the tributes, but let's get down to business here because I want to see <laughs> I, I want to I'm desperate to see the level like the clientele that this this uh, shed is attracting here because I have a feeling I'm going to know <laughs> Michael's dream of opening a gallery Australian. well there's two problems actually okay, two a problems. pair of trespassers squatting in the shed okay. who are refusing to leave okay. they keep excrement bu buckets outside of the shed I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh. And it must suck being like a, a landlord. Because I, I think I'd like to own a, an investment property at, at some stage. Maybe not for, a, I don't know, 10 or 15 years, maybe something like that. Maybe longer, 20 years. Um, But I would like to have an investment property. Of course. Why not? It's a safe investment. It's a good investment. Especially when you can get a good tenant. But when I hear stories like this, like this guy's not even a fucking tenant. He's just somebody who's squatting in the shed and you can't get rid of him. So imagine how hard it is for people who own, like, you know, there are a lot of crazy laws here. Maybe it's different in the United States, but there are a lot of crazy laws here. It's very difficult to get get rid of a tenant if you don't want them in there. You have to jump through a lot of hoops. You can't just put a notice on their door and say, you've got two weeks to get out. I don't need to give you a fucking reason. It doesn't work that way here. Here you've got to like prove that they're either not paying or you know you've got to go through a whole long process and they can fight it and dispute it and, and it's fucking full on. So all of that shit is like, oh, I would want to deal with it, you know? And there's just toilet paper and items. So, and incidentally, the squatters at this shed are leaving, in his word, in his words, excrement buckets out the front of the shed. <laughs> so they're leaving shit buckets. <laughs> there and cloths and rags they're obviously using. Michael has been charged thousands in rent since the couple moved in. Police have said it's a civil matter and Michael's attempts to calmly ask the pair to leave haven't settled things. I heard a great story once. Here's a quick one for you. I heard a great story. This this old guy, right, he heard um, people fucking around in his shed late at night. You know, maybe they were in there, like, stealing tools or something, stealing some of his gear. So he called the police up and said, listen, there's two guys fucking around in my tool shed. I can hear them. I can see torches and shit. They're stealing my stuff. And the police station said, sorry, sir, we can't get anybody to your address right now. Just stay inside 
and wait for them to leave and call us back. Swear to God. No, no, sorry, sir. We can't help you. You're on, you're on your own. Like, even though a crime is taking place right now on the, and I'm on the phone to you. Sorry, sir. We don't have any cars available. Um, just stay inside, wait until they leave and then call us. You know, so then, then obviously, I guess they'll come around and take a statement long after the criminals have left and say, okay, what did they steal? Yeah, we'll keep an eye out for it. And then that's the last you hear of it, you know? So what he did, right? He hung up and then he called back a couple of minutes later and he said, look, I've just, I just called you a couple of minutes ago about the shed and the, the cop said, yeah, have they left? And he said, no, you don't have to send anybody now because I've just shot them. Right? And then within five minutes, there were five cop cars out the front of his house. <laughs> so the cops arrived. The guys in the shed who were stealing the tools were like, oh, fuck, oh, my God. And they've put their hands up walking out. Because they're like, come out of the house. And it's like, oh, fuck. So they think the cops are there for them. They've walked out with their hands up. The cops arrest them. And they went up to him and he said, what's going on? I thought you said that you shot them. And he said, what's going on? I thought you said you had no fucking cars available. That is, that's the boss. That is the boss fucking story. That, the best story I've ever heard. Turns around to him and says, "Oh shit! I thought you didn't. I thought you didn't have any cars. What's going on?" <laughs> yeah, don't worry about sending a car. I just fucking shot him, so you don't have to worry anymore. <laughs> Two dozen coppers turn up within five minutes. <laughs> That's how you deal with them. Abs legendary stuff. All right, let's get back to this. Look, it, it can be. It was show me the guy living was, in the shed. Um, abusive or standoffish. Um, sometimes nasty. Um, have they threatened you, Michael? Look, at times there have been threats made. Michael, your brother's work that means a lot to you is in that shed and you can't get access to it. How difficult is that? How many pills and, and bottles, little bottles of alcohol is this reporter on here? Look at that, that kind of like red pink eye situation that's happening there. You know when somebody has like the early signs of jaundice? <laughs> Kind of look, he looks a little green around the gills, doesn't he? I wonder if there was some kind of like long drive before this filming. Uh, just give me a couple of pills. Hand me the bottle, uh, the vodka, and the pills if you could. We've got to get through this day. Got a long day ahead of us, boys. What, what, what? To you is in that shed, and you can't get access to it. How difficult is that? It's really compromising. So all so then not only are they the squatters like living in the shed but all of this guy's stuff is in there too. So all of this guy's like his dead brother's fucking art and shit is in this same place that these people are squatting. Can you imagine what you if you if it was something you really care about and somebody's living in like your storage unit or something you'd just be like they're going to be pissing all over my stuff and shitting all over my stuff. I'm a very libertarian guy. And I'm very like, you know, when it comes to social things that a lot of people get real upset about, I'm I'm very liberal, you know. I don't mind saying so. I'm I'm very like, ah, oh, do whatever you want. I don't care. Um, economically, I'm far right, <laughs> you know, further to the right than Milton Friedman economically. But uh, when it comes to social things, I'm a pretty liberal person. Like I don't care, whatever, do fuck whoever you want to fuck. I don't give a fuck. No, I don't care. It's not important. But, you know, if, if this kind of situation is taking place where they're just 
living in your shed with all of your stuff, uh, you can't you can't get rid of them. Bullshit, you can't get rid of them. It should be within your legal right to kick the door down and fucking drag them out by the neck. And then, you know, grab all of their shit that they've put in your property and just take it out front and fucking burn it in front of them. Go, no, gone. Out. And if you set foot in here again, I'll fucking, I'll stop you physically. You know what I mean? There should be nothing wrong with that. It's not theirs to fucking sleep in. It's not, it's not theirs to shit in and piss in. At whatever point we, we went on this tangent where we decided that uh, the people who don't own the thing have the same right to it as the people who do, that's when everything started falling apart. You know, not to get too conspiratorial here, not to get too much on a bent of talking about, um, you know, social trends and ideology, but really, the evisceration of the concept of private property is the thing that must go first for a lot of these, you know, kind of far lefty types to get what they want. Because as, as long as people believe they have a right to own, like, this patch of land or this building or this belongs to me, then they will defend it. And so it's going to be very difficult to, re, you know, repatriate property. It's going to be very difficult to do some kind of distribution, wealth distribution, if people believe that what they have is theirs and theirs alone. You have to get rid of that first. And I do think on some level, this is a byproduct of that, where you can have people like squatting, living in property that isn't theirs, and it's difficult for you as the owner to even get them to leave. You can't own property, bro. You know, you do have some empathy for people and what they're experiencing. But on the other hand, you have to draw a line somewhere because it really eats away at me inside. I worry often at night time what's going on up there. What is going on with his stuff? What is going to happen to Who it? Who knows? They might, be, they might be fucking burning his shit for firewood, you know? So can you take us to the door of this shed? Absolutely. And we'll go speak to them? Yes, let's try and do let's that. Let's have now. a look. Okay. Let's so have a look. Just to run through the arrangements we've got in place. We've contacted police today. Yes. They know that we're going to be in the area. Yes. Okay. Look at this. Look at this. Press one in the chat if he pretty much looks like what you thought he would look like. <laughs> Press two in the chat if he looks different. Because <laughs> it's a one from me. It's a one from me. <laughs> he pretty much looks exactly like the kind of guy I'd be expecting to be squatting in a shed and shitting in a bucket. <laughs> That's pretty much the dude. <laughs> they look like squatters from a movie. Exactly. It's like they're, they're stereotypically, unambiguously fucking, you know, squatters. <laughs> They've got a type, I guess. Now, wait until you hear this chap speak, okay? Seb Costello with Carrot Affair. Yeah. How long have you been living yeah. here? Oh, six months or so. Yeah. He's fuck. He is off his tits, mate. <laughs> he is fucking... This guy is off his fucking tits. <laughs> uh, we're just from a current affair. Oh, yeah. 
How long have you been living here, mate? Oh, oh yeah, I oh, don't know. Uh, yeah, like six months, mate. Or... <laughs> <laughs> He's off his face. <laughs> Come on. G'day, Quentin. Ted Costello with Carrot Affair. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody in the chat winning TV. He has a bag on a stick. How long have you been living here? Oh. Oh, six months or something? Yeah. This is obviously a storage shed that's yeah, being leased by me. Michael. Excuse me, do I need to call the police? You can- <laughs> that's right. Do not adjust your speakers. You heard it correctly. The guy who is illegally squatting in somebody else's shed is threatening to call the police on them. <laughs> Excuse me, do I need to call the police? The fucking balls in the thing. And this is why I'm saying, it, wherever we got to a stage where this guy thinks that, like, you know, he's going to have the police on his side, whatever, whatever went wrong in the past to get us to this point, this is the problem here. It should be legal for the owner of this shed to walk in there, open the door, get him by the neck in a headlock and fucking drag him out to the street. And then take all of his stuff that he's like accumulated in there and do a fucking big bonfire with it. See ya. Bye bye. And if you come back, I'll fucking put you down. That should There should be nothing illegal about that whatsoever. There are if you if you're in need and you need somewhere to like sleep and stay there are multitudes there are millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars of taxpayer money spent on government programs to help you. That's what it's there for. My shed is not for you. So we're going to drag you out, you know, by the neck, out you come, by the scruff of the neck and throw you into the street. You can call the police if you like. They know what's going on. And what is going on? Do what? Excuse me. Do I have to call the police? They know what's going on and what is going on. <laughs> excuse me. Do I need to call the police? That, that fucking line. <laughs> excuse me. Do I need to call the police? It's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. <laughs> oh, how could you not punch him in the face at that point? What a fucking sh- what a shit of a man. You can call the police if you like. They know what's going on. And what is going on? None of your business. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's really not thinking things through, is he? (laughs) Look, do I have to call the police? You can call the police. Uh, You want to tell them what's going on? They know what's going on and what is going on. None of your business. <laughs> and then he tries to shut the door. Now, this, the the pilled up reporter who drinks the little bottles of vodka, I'm assuming, uh, he's got his hand on the door. So he's stopping the chap from closing the door, you see. So it's a very smart but yet annoying uh, reporter. But see, I'm all for them doing this, like getting this fucking squatter out of this thing. That's a good thing. I hate when they do this to people like on their own property. So like if you go up to somebody's front door who actually owns the place and hold their door open and stuff, it's like, no, 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 no. But on this occasion, I don't have a problem with it. It's not his fucking door. (laughs) 
He has no right to be there. So yes, hold the door open. Stick a camera in his face. Fucking get out. Get out of here. Get out. Excuse me. I think you're here illegally, Quentin. Excuse me. Yeah. Excuse it's me. Bolted shut. Um, you're gonna break it if you keep doing that. <laughs> He's like, you're gonna break my door. <laughs> uh, mate, the door's bolted shut, so you're gonna break it. You're living in it. You little fucking cunt. Well, it's Michael's shed, isn't it, Quentin? No, it's so... not his shed. He leases it. So can you just stop oh. and leave me alone? Well, he's not leasing it. The bug spray will get them. <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, the, the guy who's living in the shed just tried to spray the film crew with bug spray. <laughs> just out the door, about six feet away from them. Hey, that'll fix it. Good plan. <laughs> He's lying. Why is he lying? He's lying. Why would he ask us to come here and speak to you about it and ask you to leave the shed? Because he's a drama queen with a persecution mania. He's got some balls, this squatter. So the guy who owns the shed that he's living in, right? According to the squatter, oh, he's lying. He's being a drama queen. (laughs) He's got a persecution complex. Right. Isn't it more likely that he's a guy leasing a shed that has squatters oh, in it and he wants the squatters out? Can you just go away? This is your opportunity? Uh, yes, here? I need the police. Yes, Quinton called police. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this guy. This fucking guy. Again, drag by neck out to street. No converse, no negotiation. Just walk in there and drag him out. And in- Exactly, Jim. A homeless man with a phone. Interesting decision, given how the day would pan out. How would the day pan oh, out? Off with your camera! Well, can we get access to, to the photography? To what photography? The photography that belongs to Michael. I want we haven't ac- got anything that belongs to Michael. Now you're accusing me of f***ing stealing. <laughs> Wrong answer. Wrong answer, kid. I haven't got anything. Now you're accusing me of stealing. (laughs) How fucking annoying. There's a lot of stuff in there that belongs to Michael. It's his storage shed. Over our shoulder, police arrived. And before turning to speak to them, we gave Quinton a final chance to explain. So what is your side of the story, Quinton? That you're a piece of you know. I've got to admit, I'm starting to like this fucking homeless guy. (laughs) What's your side of the story, Quinton? That you're a piece of shit! (laughs) How can you argue with him? He probably has a point. 
<laughs> Explain. So what is your side of the story, Quinton? That you're a piece of you need to f off. <laughs> That's my side of the story. You're a piece of shit. You need to fuck off. <laughs> we later learned police had been on the phone. <coughs> An emergency prosecutors conference had been held in nearby Morwell. Really? And the prosecutor's advice was clear. Michael was the leaseholder. Quinton and Amy were trespassing. Oh. How do you feel about that result? Really good. It was a win for everyone. Michael was getting access to his shed and after our requests, police promised to get Quinton and Amy better support in the... Yeah, that's what they need. Better support. Don't worry, we'll help you. We'll help you guys out as he's given you the fucking finger. Fuck you, you piece of shit. Yeah, I, really, I just really hope that they get the support that they need. Support. There are, there are people there who, like, need support and deserve support and should get support. And then there's other people. It's just there's there's people who don't. You know, like I said, like, I'm very liberal in, in a lot of ways, but there's a whole bunch of people who hate it, you know, who get angry at me when I say shit like that. They're, no, no, there's some people out there who don't, who don't need fucking support, who don't deserve it. Fuck them. Fuck them. And that's enough. To, oh, God, he hates poor people. <laughs> but it's really not true. Uh, I tell you what, we've, we've run over time anyway. We'll just finish this out. This is only another minute or so. In the form of more suitable accommodation. They were loaded into more the van. More suitable accommodation. And then taken to the station. A, a piss-soaked alleyway for this happy couple, I think, would be appropriate. A piss-soaked alleyway where the vomit bakes on the on the on the sidewalk with the morning sun. I think that would be a lovely little spot for this happy little couple. With Quentin waving goodbye. And if that isn't good enough, well then mate, do something about it. In his own way. Well, Michael, it's now just over three hours since we first knocked on the I mean, look at this. Look at this. The cop is loading their bags for them. Look. In his own look way. Look at her. Look. She's she is loading the bag for him. They're they're fucking they're, they're bus boys. They're bellboys. Can I help you with your bag, sir? They're valets. Again, kick down door, drag by neck into street. Okay, go away now. That's it. Don't worry, we'll take you to we'll take you to a more appropriate housing. Okay, tuck your feet in there, sir. Okay, I've got your bag right here. Okay. Wherever we wherever there was that like that split in the road. Like when what I was talking about earlier. Wherever we split from okay, this is my shit here and you can't have it. You can't just fucking live here. You can't just, you know, squat here. Wherever that turned into, like, oh, no, no, we've got to protect people. They need our support, right? That kind of vibe. That's where all of this shit starts, wherever that started. If we can trace it back, <laughs> Da Vinci Code it, we'll find the key here. But this shit here, this has to stop. Well, Michael, it's now just over three hours since we first knocked on the door. The two squatters have been driven away by police. What's the feeling? Feeling pretty happy about it. 
I'm pretty happy. Okay, feeling happy, very happy. All right, let's get back to... Oh, yeah, show us inside. All right, now we can see inside where they were living. Let's have a look. To his family heirlooms. Well, here we are, Michael. Do you think it would be like this? It's basically they've turned it into a, to a dwelling. I didn't expect it to be this sort of permanent arrangements. This is not someone seeking refuge from the cold or the street. This is someone setting up a home. There's a computer monitor, which could be used as a TV. There's a little heater there above the bed. <laughs> Look at that. So they found the bed in the storage unit. <laughs> hey, well, this works. This'll do. There's a heater, there's electricity. I mean, there's no power meant to be connected here. This could have gone up at any time, couldn't it? Yes, it could have. Oh, Going boo. further in. That would have solved all our problems. The picture became clearer. Okay. They have a switchboard here and whatever they've done to get into the power here. Yeah, so this. Look, there's different rooms. That was just the bedroom that they were in. Yes, it could have. Going further in, the picture became clearer. They have a switchboard here and whatever they've done to get into the power here. Yeah, so this is the, the cable coming out of there. I think so. This was a situation that Jesus couldn't Christ. have gone on any longer. This is ridiculous. We've got a kitchenette, we've got a microwave, a dual stove. But down the back, Michael had spotted something far more important. Yes, here is one picture. But not just any picture. A self-portrait of his big brother, Tony. Okay, that's a lovely fucking story. Unfortunately, I wanted to see more of the squatters. Um, like I said, heartfelt stories are fine, but it's really not what gets me up in the morning. <laughs> I want to see human trash doing human trash things. So, with that... <clears throat> On this Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Don't forget to follow some of our friends. I think Irrational Times, Coffee Talk with Sandra are already rolling. Everybody's favourite lover of French women will be around. Winning TV, at Real Person, PLTCS, Big Empty, Major Tom. Uh, Joy of Pessy will be around Sunday night. Shit show, of course. Of course, of course. <laughs> of course, mister, of course. Uh, you've also got, uh, who else you got? The Rice Man, double four, double three. Chamani will be doing something. Victor Von Schroom, ladies and gentlemen, and all of our super happy, super secret friends. So thank you for joining us. I'll be back on Monday night with another episode. Thank you to everyone who contributed tonight on DLive. Until then, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.